0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Jordan Bell from Agency Bell. Welcome, Jordan. Thanks for having me. So, um, Jordan, we got to talking, uh, I guess, the first time we met a couple, uh, I guess, last week or earlier. uh, It could be earlier this week. We're just moving that quick. But um, uh, we were were talking a lot about um, how you get started in this kind of business, and and, uh, you've got a little bit of background there uh with some of the trials and tribulations so i'd love to hear a little bit of your story uh and where it goes
1: yeah definitely um uh well from the day i was born no I'm just kidding um after my my trajectory over the last decade has really been in digital marketing uh space um i initially i worked in music products um over a decade ago and some other you know random like restaurant management insurance sales stuff. Um when I, I moved out to California um and uh, to work in the music industry. Found my way into music products, um, which is actually a lot of cool t- Michael Jackson songbooks and you know um uh, church and choral music and how to play guitar, stuff like that. You'd find it like Guitar Center. Um cool company, fun industry. Um and uh, and then eventually I just discovered and I've been a musician my whole life, eventually I discovered I love I love music and being a musician, but I don't need to work in music. I actually really love the marketing side of the work. And, um, and early on, I, I, I was one of the roles I, I, um, uh, I was in at that company in the couple of years I was there was a PR manager. And while there are other cool things we were doing, like, you know, we, at the time we were getting into the automated email marketing is over a decade ago. So email um, email marketing wasn't automated every single company and starting to get into advertising a little bit and some SEO stuff, product development. Um, but at the a um, little software stuff, there was music software that was uh, – it was um, – I would say like loosely put together, but it's hard to budget really much for like, for like music education software. So it'd be like working with a software developer and that was really cool and getting to do some support there. So um, where, but the one role that I was in was a PR manager role. And it was like press releases for um, for songbooks and whatnot. And what I realized was that the way that we were measuring things, the way that we were like measuring the performance would be on like number of placements, right? If it was in like a trade magazine, hey, the new... Michael Jackson songbook, the new Green Day songbook came out and it was this very templated press release um and some of the metrics uh, that we I'd be measured by at the end of the month were impressions um of the uh, of, uh assumable perhaps impressions from from that from that domain actually right like like actual uh, monthly domain impressions right and I'll uh, you probably guess why that's not a great metric but um uh, and I'll, I'll touch on that, but then also the number of placements, which didn't really look necessarily at the quality of placements, and, that, and those were the KPIs that I, that I was being measured on. And, um, and I did some other things in that role, um, but after a while, I just kept thinking, gosh, these metrics are garbage they don't mean anything. I could, I could show, I could basically go get a, get an article on Yahoo finance has nothing to do. It's just Yahoo finance, but it's going to pull in the domain visits on Yahoo finance as one of our impression metrics is how we were measuring it. It's how I was trained and how I just continued it because I just, you know, I was in that, like, I want to do good work. I want to be measured. Right. Um, And ultimately I just kind of had this feeling like these this situation that I'm in and um, perpetuating is kind of um uh, it's it's kind of the same as the rest of the marketing industry is doing a lot of it. It's it's finding the it's looking at these very topical metrics um that may or may not mean something. But if you were to say, how does that, how does that report and metrics and what you achieved um relate, how does that, how do you relate that to the bottom line? Or to revenue, and not everything in in digital uh, marketing is going to be a straight line path. But I, at a certain point, I decided this: we need to make um, have marketing be more meaningful. Um, We need it to say more. We need it to prove more. Um, Everything is measurable. A lot of great, lot of great people have 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 said that. So I won't take credit for it. But everything, everything is measurable if i if I want to know it, how the quality of uh, my relationship is, right? Based on a decision I made, I could measure that. I could set up metrics and measure, um, is are we having a good day or not a good day? It's mostly good days. My wife's a rock star. but um but and so that took me on a journey to every single type of marketing, company or activity we did afterwards. If it was important role, if it was an important task, I wanted to do it more efficiently and, and some measurable element of better. So it's either faster or um, fewer passes uh, back and forth, less time to complete it, um, less people involved. Um, and so it was all about upskilling. Like can, can a person who is doing content for an email campaign um, learn a little bit of HTML and then, then the whole team can operate three or four times faster. I would fo- I would focus on those things. I wasn't in- I wasn't appreciated for that because I was doing it in corporate environments and ruffling feathers. But stuff like that eventually just found my way to advertising. Um, I did some coach. I did some um, uh, some course trainings and coachings. Eventually I did. Uh, I got really excited about every area of the digital marketing wheel, like SEO content, um, you know, advertising, email marketing, automation um, and a little bit of website stuff, graphic design and so i um so i started teaching digital marketing courses and then eventually as i got more and more into advertising i found like my my passion because this was the category where you where on digital you can digital advertising you can put some money in and you immediately start getting a feedback loop that is relatable to the bottom line and along the way um, I, I discovered that that isn't always the case in advertising particularly the lead generation industry that is talking about like oh you got these leads hey you got this $5 lead this $10 lead $25 lead look at how many leads we got you with no with very little control in most of the industry at the level of quality on those leads because really it's not about um a lead for like an attorney or an education company you know insurance whatever you know car dealership doesn't matter that lead um if if it was treated the same way as um if it's treated the same way as other leads, if it's uh, it goes to the same sales funnel as other leads from other sources or channels or campaigns, then um it the signing rate of those types of leads you're sending it, it is a part of the equation that tells us the value of that lead, not some all leads the same metric. But that's not how the industry and and that's not how professionals in the industry, and especially freelancers, contractors, people, companies thought about it all the time. So that became the mission is we were going to focus on it. But was, I was starting my consultancy and I was starting um, uh, my agency, about five, six years old now, um, the whole concept was around making advertising um, extremely measurable and relevant in places that it was not, which was lead generation industry was going to be the, the key focus. And the way to do that Wasn't going to be about anecdotal data that you get back from a sales team or a client or a manager, right? Or any or anyone. We were gonna we were gonna focus on how do we like actually perfectly calculate um, the value of the leads, but also see through uh, like prove all the way to seeing all the way through to the business's like actual financial metrics, so that it was indisputable what the value good or bad what the value was, and that became the obsession and the journey, and then. Last thing I'll say about it is we did it in the most competitive market, which was uh, legal advertising. When COVID came around, we niched down. We said we wanted we want to be able to do this um, effectively with automation and dynamic reporting and machine learning to train Google and Bing and Facebook to not add not just like get more leads at a better price, but to get more signed contracts that the client sold into they have in their CRM. Like to train the ad systems off those signals. Um, and to do so when it's a two hundred dollar click in the mo- the most competitive markets in the country, here and in- perhaps in the world, and that um, was a slightly masochistic obsession, but it um, dramatically uh, changed and and kept us leveling up as a business. And so we're still doing that kind of stuff now, and we're getting ready to build training programs around it. But that's what brought us here, and um, it's been fun.
0: That metrics obsession. Um, you use a lot of words uh, together. And I, I think I want to talk about that for just a minute. Um, y- you know, you talked about creating meaning, um, but, you know, when you talk about things like meaning, you're talking about a subjective experience, right? And when you're talking about measurements, you're talking about an objective experience, not always, right? You're talking about qualitative, quantitative, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But you're, you're really um, kind of pushing around a lot of these concepts. And and I want to understand um, a, a, in your experience how do you identify the right metrics to measure uh, for any given mm-hmm. business? Right. So for the legal field, you know, it's not just like, okay, volume or not just cost per click or not this, this or that or the other thing. It's a constellation of the right measures to make sure you're pulling the performance levers that matter. How did you get there? How do you know when you got there? Right. So mm-hmm. you need both because the quality of your measurements determine the quality of your outcomes. So can you can you talk a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um first um you're absolutely right. I I'm throwing out some some words and assigning the meaning to them as if like as if like that's the that's the uh the assert, uh, the asserted meaning and you're absolutely right. It's it's very subjective. My the, the way that I'm using that subjectivity here is the the meaning because I'll define it better, the meaning that it would have to the person spending their money who is hoping for a clear return on their investment and who is like risking, like betting the farm, and their ability to uh, put, you know, put shelter and feed their family? Um, they're betting that on whether or not the the numbers that are coming out of the ad campaigns are going to help that their business grow and not and not fail. And so, when I think about the metrics that matter, and there's hundreds, thousands of metrics to look at, right? Um, it could be overwhelming. Um, when I think about what those what those metrics should be. It starts at the business KPI. It's it's actually a weird, it's, sometimes it's a little weird to our clients, partners, people that I first start working with. Um, it's a little weird at first to start asking that because they want to hold their cards close to the chest. Like, oh, I don't, you know, like, we don't need to know that stuff. And I'm like, I was like, here's the thing. If we can get past this kind of like, I'll sign NDAs, whatever. The first thing that we want, to, we want them to know is that we only see success when they are making money, profits, and are able to grow their business. That, a lot of people say that, but but holding to that is very, very hard when it's not, when it's not your, you know, when it's your monopoly money, not your real, not your real dollars. It's so easy to 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 slip into that mode of of not treating it like your own. But if it but in those cases, I say, like, well, what would I want the metrics to be? I if I could wave a magic wand, um, I would want the metrics to be um, cost per new customer, right? Customer acquisition cost. Um, CPA is like the uh, cost per acquisition. However, we you know we will say the um, conversion cost or CPA in advertising terms. So in the case of a law firm, right? I'll use that example. Um, um, that's their signed CPA because they have to send a retainer agreement and plaintiff law, and then the person has to sign that agreement, and that becomes when there's a, a measurable, and we can associate a dollar amount with that. So their signed CPA or um, signed acquisition cost if they they might have a target of $2,000 on a case that they might make ten dollars to $20,000 on, but all of the, the, the having to take that case for the next two years, right, and all the operational costs with that. So the only thing that to me, that's the, the first thing that matters, the, the only metric perhaps that matters um, is first going to be the profitability metric, which is cost per signed, signed case, cost per customer for them. Um, the second one, is volume is number because they need to make they it's kind of like a restaurant you need to you need to have a certain amount of people sitting at the tables during your business hours in order to uh, more than break even because of your fixed costs so first it's profitability then it's always volume like how many do you want at that budget and then if the cost per signed case the cost per new customer for them um, gets too high we have to we have to reduce the volume and then balance the efficiency but it's always that one two punch and then all of the metrics. That come from the actual advertising programs themselves need to so need to somehow support that. I won't go through the madness without like a whiteboard in our time. Um, I, I should do a YouTube video about this eventually. But um, I taught this a lot in digital analytics courses as part of a digital marketing program. And um, every type of uh, every type of business model that really has advertising to it, you can use uh, marketing metrics to drive to the business results it can be difficult to set up the measurements but every, it's always possible um actually i will give you an, i'll give you two examples if that's okay um one is uh e-commerce e-commerce is the is generally the easy one you have um there're typically there's a few factors there number of people who go let's say it's in a month right and we want to know we want to get uh, higher revenue in the month we won't talk about profitability just like revenue from the, from the website from an e-commerce site right um so we sell shoes on a site, and we the number of people that go to the site. If all of the people are considered of the same behavior, you know, we have to normalize it for this for this, so it's averaged out. Number of people who go to the site times the conversion rate of those people. Like a uh, hundred, let's say it's like a hundred people in a day, let's say, or like a hundred people, and then three percent of those people convert or pay for. In this case, we're going to call conversion paying for uh, an online order product, right? So 3%, which means 100 people, um, 3% of it's three people. So now we have three people who are buying. But what's the one thing we're missing? Why don't we know what the revenue is yet? We have another factor we have to do. We have to throw in, right? And that's the average order value. So if we know that there are three people, and on average, we measure that they order $50 worth of product each in that order, don't worry about the lifetime and coming back just in that order. We know it's 100 people, 3% of them is three and times $50 average each, maybe it's like 25, one person, 75, another 50, to, but it's an average of $50 uh, order value. That tells us that that three people times the 50 is $150. So those are three metrics, traffic, conversion rate, average order value. E-commerce uh, folks know all about this so um, That wouldn't be a, as difficult an example, but if someone were to say, well, how do I know what my advertising revenue is going to be when I'm optimal, when I'm um, when I'm signing up, when I'm trying to sign up users for my mobile app and signing them up is for free. How do I measure a business metric? And that's when this is where I think marketing agencies, I'm not going to get too soapboxy, but um, uh, marketing agencies uh, and marketers and uh, and uh, a lot of freelancers, sometimes we get lazy. And this is where we get a little bit lazy is because when we find difficulty getting that information, we kind of make it not our problem, but when we do make it our 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 like mission to to ensure that we can see how the the our metrics like new users on a mobile app has another, another metric of how many people convert to paid users specifically from our campaign. So there are systems that can measure this, and then what is the average value of orders when someone is uh, going from a freemium to a premium model? So it's not that much different, but same thing with it with uh, content sites. Buzzfeed has a revenue per visitor, right? So their ability to acquire visits. So anyway, I digress. But the point is, is that the metrics that matter are the ones that can point us some of the some of the advertising Some of those in there are advertising metrics: number of clicks, conversion rate to a specific user type, cost per acquisition. Then we start connecting them to the business metrics, and that's when the world of new skills and um, superpowers open up. If only we have, if only we have the courage. To say I don't know how to how to figure this out, I don't know how to measure this. So we start asking questions and learn new skills until we find the ways to do it, and that's accessible honestly to anybody who has done any kind of marketing.
0: When you've when you've got these metrics set up and established, uh, uh, I imagine a, a non trivial part of your role is to then tell the story of those metrics back to the folks that have bought <laughs> bought your help, right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because they. Uh, they're not necessarily skilled at interpreting or understanding these things. So, in the process of reviewing the metrics, how much time do you spend doing the storycrafting side of that?
1: Ooh, nowhere near enough. And um, when my and when my team has said like, "Hey, can I see an email that you sent um, so I can model that?" I'm like, don't model mine. I get two engineering, two in the weeds and focus, and they're like, "Shut up, Jordan. Yes, you take our money, but like." And that's not bad. I mean, you have to do great work for that to be okay. But one of the great things, one of the big, excuse me, big things that I want to do over the next year or two is actually really develop our storytelling. Because um, at the end of the day, most of our clients and the people that we work with, if you're showing them the return and they believe you and you're making it transparent, it forgives the storytelling a little bit more. But storytelling is still so important. And I think that where where I can be successful at this, where I have been is when everything is about backing into the business metrics, the revenue, the, the the profitability per customer, um whether it's a return on ad spend or the cost per new customer on the assumption that they're making a certain amount and profiting, the two thousand dollars client for a for a motor vehicle a law firm or something like that, you know is is a common one. Um, so a high cost, but they're going to you know theoretically make five to ten times that or should over a two year period. So when we make it so that we say, hey, the reason why we think that this segment, this campaign, why we're not getting those clients at a certain cost, or where we are doing it well, is attributed to this specific, um, what's happening with this campaign. And we know that because these are what the metrics are telling us. Now, that is, as long as we are responsible, and we're like, Trying to be good, like scientist, curious scientists, but also we are—we're not trying to to uh, paint a picture like ignore the real metrics and then bring in the ancillary metrics. Oh, but your click through rate was really good. Well, click through rates are good, but it doesn't—that's a—that's maybe leads to another metric that maybe becomes part of the business metrics. So the story to me is as simple, is just as straightforward as we see that this campaign is contributing to or not contributing to um, your goal. And here's what we think we can do about it. And if we are really good, and our, our data is really connected um, to we can see all of our reports have cost per sign on it could be geographic device, you know, keyword doesn't matter, we we made our reports speak to their sales systems. Um, and so that means that If we know how to how to look for them in our reports, then we can reduce ten different potential moves that we could make down to like two or three, and instead of having a handful of really risky moves in there that we don't know how to know if it's right, you know that's a common thing I dealt with for years. We didn't really know because it wasn't connected to the sales data. Instead of that situation, we're de-risking it um, because we're eliminating things that we go, oh, well, that is a great theory. But the data doesn't support why are doesn't support why that is directly related. So these campaigns have so many interlocking parts. So understanding that better, it kind of it creates the effect where you're, it's like you're capturing lightning in a bottle more often than it's believable, or it just seems like how does it seem like someone could just throw a hail marys over and over again and, and like land those passes? It's not perfect. But I always see like we have so much data, the answers are in there. We just don't know how to find it and leverage it. And then also take a step back and say, I. here's what I don't know with the data. We want to draw the connections. We want to believe that the answer is we'll, we'll draw connections that aren't there because we're so obsessed with getting the win, As especially agencies and marketer, freelance marketers and all that. We want the win. And so that, so that there's a level of like responsibility there. It's like a scientist, right? Who thinks they've discovered this amazing cure to something. Um, But the, the, the more they dig, the less, the more it's going to fall apart. Those situations that, that moral compass Scientists in medicine, all that stuff is generally often is really good here, Um, still has peer reviewed stuff, but the temptation is there to get the win and advertising doesn't have a a peer review regulation system. And so that's, you know, if I were to say like the, that's, that's the biggest stage is knowing our data, understanding how to look at data and how to connect it to business metrics is one of the biggest opportunities, but we're so far behind as an industry on that.
0: Well, um, Jordan, this is uh, clearly a, a passion and um, you know, from, from our conversation, a deep well, right? Um yeah. who who should reach out to you and how should they do that if they want to learn more about how you can help them out?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um I'm getting going through this stuff right now, but uh right now Agency Jordan is my Instagram. So uh agency Jordan, no you know, punctuation or anything. Uh J O R D A N. Um we have a, our site is on its it's on its way we're redoing it right now but agencybell.com um we're also launching a brand academybell.com that is going and um and our handles there on social will be there uh soon um that's really going to be like the training arm um uh but um uh, but they can um also reach me at my email jordan at agencybell.com but i'll also respond over linkedin um same thing just my just my name so if they have any questions on it, great topics to ask me about startup, um, startup, entrepreneurship, marketing topics, data. Um, and I'm happy to answer. Love to obviously love to talk about this stuff. Awesome. And uh,
0: in your journey to get to where you are now, you picked up uh, probably dozens and dozens and dozens of lessons. But uh, what are the top three?
1: Ooh. um be absolutely unafraid of being wrong as often as possible. Like I have to not give any care about being wrong so that the moment I discover that, that I don't know what I thought I knew, or there's an opportunity where someone is speaking and I realize I could learn a lot from them. I shut up and I just sponge. I just am like, keep talking. I'm like, what can I do for you? Right. I don't care. I don't care how far I get in, 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 in business, um, or, or life or anything like that. There is always going to be someone or many, many peoples who, as soon as I am in a room with them, I realize this person, um, is, uh, I admire them. I want to learn from them and I don't need my, I don't need I don't need to prove that I'm right or I don't need my ego at the equation. I'm going straight down into the humblest spot because that is how we learn the fastest. We we are engaged. We don't care about being right. We don't care about like what it looks like. Um, I have the benefit of being a little fearless because I write paychecks. But oftentimes employees in the world have that's difficult because they're like, I worry that maybe I won't be seen as special anymore. I'm wor- I care. I, that's a great uh, topic for another day about psychological safety in a world where we just want to fail as fast as possible. But that is a great. That's a great lesson. Fail as fast as possible and don't care about needing to look good along the way. Um, second is integrity. Um, it is painful for me to do something that I don't believe in. Um, first off, it, it, you know there's a lot of unintentional liars out there. But if you don't lie, you don't have to remember anything. You know, so um, it makes life a lot easier. It's why I like uh, being around folks who a lot of drama and like, gosh, how do you have time to to do things that make you happy because you're following all these stories. Um, so integrity is great because um when you make a mistake, um we have retention, we'd have retention, and I have relationships that almost money can't buy, like where because they know that at the end of the day we're gonna do the right thing and do what's best for them. And that means we've had times where I've like been like, Hey, someone, uh, someone on my team, A.K.A. me, um, didn't manage your funds right, and we accidentally put three thousand dollars in the wrong spot. And I'll pay it out of pocket because not not that we should do it for that kind of we shouldn't necessarily do it for that type of um, effect of buying their loyalty. It's just that it is an interesting effect how some of the most the best relationships that we have, the most trusted ones, the hundred X their budget. You know, they won't, they won't do anything without, without asking, is this the right thing to do? Great client relationships, um, often have come from, um, have, have escalated into something much greater after I responded to a major screw up that, that I did the, uh, like, and how I handled that built trust. And that's a great, to me, that's a, it's, it's a, a life lesson that I have to keep thinking of. Um, lastly, um, is that, um, the, when oh is working on ourselves is over any skill is the best investment um i eventually i didn't always have the opportunity to i was flat out broke when i moved to california um and struggled for a long time but when i was able to i found ways to um uh get coaching or read things about coaching that were for professional personal um understanding ourselves right i'm a I'm a neurodiverse right and so i more the more i understood myself through like things like enneagram myers-briggs anything strengths finder and also worked with coaches being unafraid of working with a therapist right guys should be with you should find a great therapist um those create massive foundation as we're adults uh, especially to heal trauma Unpack the things that are difficult and set a foundation for us to be able to have that capacity to 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 reach potentials, whatever that is for us, um, because the weight of the things that we struggle with and don't realize we struggle with um, prevents us from achieving and, and living the way that we want to live and doing the things we want to do. So um, a little bit, a little bit, um, maybe more kumbayaish there, but our, our, our understanding and work on ourselves as human beings um, is uh, absolutely critical in my mind now.
0: Awesome. Jordan, I, I can resonate with with every one of those things that you said. Um, and I am uh, grateful that you spent your time here today with us uh, sharing this stuff with our listeners. Uh, definitely want to check back in and hear how things go with you in the future.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30 day money back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey.